What's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Where are you at right now? I'm uh, I'm in the office. We're on the transfer portal 24-7 looking at the new newest recruits we can possibly get here to come to Ohio State. So, <laughs> Man, I've been hearing about this transfer portal. More, Dude, it's mostly. unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. You just throw your name out there. It's like, and it's just free agency now. It's incredible. So I wonder if they have that for coaches. Like you have, what? So they have, um, no, it just sends their email, like what they're transferring. Um, it just kind of gives, I don't think it gives out their, necessarily their, uh, their cell phone, but just like their email, what school they're from and that they're transferring pretty much essentially. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts these days, for sure. So I was reading up. I found something funny. I was reading up on you and, uh, you know, deciding to be grad assistant and you're transferring and stuff. <laughs> As always, your dad gave a funny quote saying that uh, you wanted to be turtle for Montourage. But I was like, I think at the very least, uh, Andrew is more of an Eric. Yes. Uh, so I was, I, was, I was like, all right, that's a little bit of slander there. I didn't really appreciate that. No, I didn't either. But, you know, I'll take a – I will be – I'll part – like, it's perfect, all right? So my uh, my cousin lives out in L.A. and is trying to become an agent. So he's Ari. Mo, Mo Wagner is Vince. Okay. I'll be who I'll, I'll, I will be Johnny Drama if I have to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll take anyone. I mean, it's, it's lined up perfectly out there still. I got my boy out there playing for the Lakers, and I got my – my cousin, who's by my, my best friend in a uh, CAA agency, so um, it's it, yeah, it's yeah, it's all, yeah, set, it's, up it's all set up now. Now I just got to get out there and do something, you know. Now instead <laughs> of getting this coaching business where I'm just itching for a job somewhere. <laughs> basketball. So, I mean, you just can't stay away from basketball, huh? No, I can't. I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I I thought like just kind of getting a taste of it last year um playing it was my first time since playing in high school really like i i was a walk on who played very little minutes just to give Derek Walton a br- a breather for 2 years and the other 2 years i just didn't play um so like last year you know playing actual meaningful like 20 25 minutes a game uh it it was a you know it was something you always dreamt of. I mean, you probably can't attest that you you played pretty much all 4 years at Michigan but just kind of getting that little taste of it, it made me want to perhaps try to play overseas. But, you know, I don't – I didn't know um, – I kind of figured I'd get into coaching. Uh, I was trying to uh, trying to hide from the inevitable, really, of the whole yeah. thing. But uh, um, <laughs> it just kind of – you know, it was a great opportunity to get my master's paid for here since I was already done a year. Um, so it just kind of lined up perfect, perfectly in that in that aspect. So – yeah, it's, it's interesting because you're basically like a fifth-year rookie almost in terms of being relied upon, you know? And yeah, it's an interesting point. spot to be in mentally because you've been through it mentally. Like, you know what to expect, but then you're still kind of – it's still new to you. And I read a part uh, – part of one of the articles was that you were always looking to, like – I don't know, I, I kind of sum it up, like, please the coach. You're always looking for, like, the perfect thing to do instead of, like, play in, in the flow of the game. Um, did that come to you throughout the year, or were you pretty comfortable from the very beginning with Holtman? Because it seemed like he had um, a set goal for you from the very beginning, and, and you achieved that throughout the year. Um, but just how did that evolve throughout the year? Are you th- in playing or this year? Playing, this yeah, playing. Yeah, uh, so playing, it was just, you know, I wanted – like I think Coach Val said it best, uh, Val Jordan. He'd always say, 
fit in before you stand out. So that was just kind of what I tried to do. I mean, I didn't try to make a mistake. I kind of, you know, I knew I was cognizant enough to get the ball to Kata Bates D out to get the hell out the way. Um, you know, so like I knew who the best players were and I knew what my, my limits were in my basketball um, skills. So I just wanted to be on the court the best way or as long as humanly possible. Um, and that, that was – so that, that meant not forcing things. I think you obviously see a lot of guys, especially at an early age in their careers at college basketball, who try to force things. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, they're playing on the bench, at the end of the bench. So that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to – it didn't matter about the scoring. Like my stats didn't show it. But I wanted to impact the game and play at the end of the games as much as, as, much as I could and have an impact on wins. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like they relied on me which is unbelievable. My defense somehow became became one of the best defenders on our team. And I'm, I don't know how. I think it was just, just an IQ and feel for the game. Hey, you don't have to jump high to have lateral quickness. I keep telling no, people that. No, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly what it is because I, my, my, I have a negative vertical for <laughs> sure. So I had, to, I had to rely on my lateral quickness, no doubt. But, um, you know, so I, I knew what kind of the coaches want. Like you could, you could tell what – Coach Holtman was was trying to get out of our whole team. He wasn't necessarily um, a superstar come in and, you know, get a bucket, like, off the bench, be a sixth man. It was, it was like, no, make sure we're under control and, you know, have for what for us to score. So I kind of figure, figured that out early, definitely, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Take me through the process. Um, like, did you foresee – where you are now when you chose Ohio State because I know when when you were you was basically committed to Quinnipiac right yeah I was there for, I was actually on Quinnipiac's campus for five weeks believe it or right. not <laughs> so yeah. then when Ohio State comes calling you know some people are like oh yeah of course it's Ohio State but did you see it as like an opportunity to maybe get into coaching there or was it Holtman or you know uh, I know that's not an easy decision and it's yeah hard to explain but yeah that's a good question um it was a little bit of everything, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. I, I first off, like, I obviously knew the implications it was going to bring to, you know, Michigan fans and who, who college ba- basketball fan that says, who the hell transferred from Michigan to Ohio State? So I understood all that aspect. So that's why I reached out to Coach Beeline because, you know, out of respect for Coach Beeline, I told him before I ever made a decision, like, are you okay with this? He's like, he, and, you know, he gave me the o- approval. He told me, you need to do this. There's no hesitation because you're going to get a chance to play. It's a great opportunity. So once he was on board, but kind of going back to um, what you asked, it was – I didn't necessarily – I just wanted to play. I wasn't really focused on the coaching aspect. It was just kind of like, all right, I did four years at Michigan where I was pretty much a cheerleader. Now, like, I want to actually play. And, you know, Coleman, he got the, he got the job late. Uh, late June, which is very rare for any coach to get a job in late June because yeah. pretty much all rosters are finalized at that point. And at Ohio State, they were kicking people off or people were transferring left and right here, and they were just begging for anyone to come. And so I just luck- – for- fortunately enough, I was, uh, I, was able to, uh, I was able to come there um, and get my, trans- or get my release from Quinnipiac and, you know, play for Holman. I didn't really know Coach Holman liked that. I mean, he was only at Butler for, like, you know, three years or so prior, and he was a he was an assistant that became interim head coach, the head coach for two years. So, 
Um, and I knew, like, you know, I just wanted to stay around the game in, in Midwest Ohio and mid or in, in the Midwest. So that's kind of what with, with, went with my pro- thought process on that. So, yeah, no, it makes makes total sense. It's worked out great. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's 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 all, <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's it could be much worse. Like, you know, guys yeah. go into situations and it's just tough to transfer. I mean, you can see it now with your portal, like you have kids and you got stats and stuff and maybe like some conversations, but both sides, you just don't really know what's going to happen. No, you're exactly right. And you know, what's funny is actually one of our managers uh, just made this whole spreadsheet on the top 30 grad transfers who jumped from either a high major to another high major or low major uh, to high major. And like their statistics are worse from doing the grad transfer, except, except, and you know, what's, what's weird is, the only the only school and like this kind of a selling point for us is like the only school to have back to back years with um, minutes per game that went up was Ohio State. We had a kid from um, Wake Forest at who averaged like twenty five and he played like twenty eight here. So like that's just the kind of things that go into it. Like everyone thinks they're gonna have a like you know they're gonna make a media impact. Like they're gonna be the guy, but no, that's that's never that's it's never really the case at all. Like you got to fit in, like kind of goes back kind of, you got to fit in before you stand out. Yep. And um, that's just kind of what Keyshawn and I, I did in the last two years here at Ohio state. So. It's tough. You know, I always, if I would have transferred, I never would have gone. I never would have wanted to go to like a big program. I would have gone somewhere where like, okay, I can like get shots and minutes and, you know, do all that thing. But the, the big programs, it's just so attractive. And yeah. some people don't really realize what goes on in these big programs with all the pressure and all like every, I don't know. It, it's just different from some of the mid majors or, or like, you know, when you're a man in one school, it's really not going to transfer over as well as you think it is. No, you're absolutely right. And like, and what's, what's great is that what's crazy is like you play in a different time period where nobody thinks that way anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I would have been the same exact way. Like, if I was a kid who averaged, you know, 10 to 15 minutes at, like, let's say, at, like, Michigan, and, like, another school, mid-major comes saying, hey, you're going to be the guy at, like, this mid-major, like, I would I would probably choose to go there because I want to have a year yeah. where I feel like, you know what I mean? So that's not, that's sure. not what it is anymore. That's it, – it's, it's, it's insane. Like, everyone – and I, I, I get – you know, all the resources big, big time programs have and the right. obviously the exposure, but um, it's just incredible that people don't think that way anymore. They're just trying to, even, even if their minutes decrease or stay the exact same, that's, that's enticing to them regardless of the circumstances. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Did, did you so ever you've think been about in this... transfer? Sorry. Did you ever think I, about transferring? I, not really, like not never really seriously considered it. I mean, yeah. I just I still always like the pull of Michigan and like playing the Big Ten and then you know I kind of get a taste of that and like thought I could develop that way um, and then sure. I also was just you know in love with Courtney and like I you know thought I was gonna be with her forever and we're married now so that was hard for me to be pulled away from all of that but like in another life if I were to do it all over again yeah I would have gone to a smaller school just to you know play the way that like I thought that I imagined growing up, you know, and like set yeah. myself up better for like overseas. But 
it, you know, you just never know what's going to happen when you get into it. And you're so, you're so confident you can overcome um, perceptions and any obstacles. And it doesn't always work out that way. Um, no doubt. But yeah, it, it's, it's, just, it's a tough answer. And I go back and forth with it all the time. But yeah, it's That's in another universe, I would have gone somewhere else. What what like what would have been in t- any school that in particular that was recruiting you out of high school? How like who was was Michigan the only Big Ten school that recruited you? Well, my recruitment was super super weird. Like I thought that I was gonna get offers from IU and Purdue, and then like the end of the year, like really bad performances at the end of the year, and like we didn't even we sucked in Vegas, and like I had a bunch of teams drop off, and they went elsewhere. Uh, players I thought I was better than. But, like, that stuff kind of happened. But I was only talking to, like, four or five, like, bigger schools. And then I wasn't talking, like, any mid-majors, which is a huge mistake. And so I was just waiting around on Michigan. It was, like, Harvard or Michigan. Colorado even backed out because I – they knew I wanted to go to Michigan and they had an offer for me on the table and, like, I was going to take it. And before I could take – like, right before I could take it, they're like, no, we're not going to – I'm not gonna let you come here because you don't want to come here and i was like what the hell am i doing right now oh geez. yeah it was bizarre but like the one i guess would have been butler like i wish i would have i could have gone there but my au team i had was already committed there for since like freshman year so that 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 uh oh, wow. scholarship was taken for the longest time but that would have been like that? School. uh chase stiegel yeah yes yeah, i remember him yeah yeah did you know novak before michigan no i only met him you know, one of those dumbass all-star games. Oh, is that right? Um, and, yeah, right away I knew. He, like, told me a story about. Uh, well, that story isn't quite safe for work. I promise you it's a good one, but I just cannot include it even though I really want to. So, back to Dockage. And I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting four years with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he let it off. Hey, I'm saying. Yeah, he let it off right with a bang. I was like, (laughs) oh, God, this is okay. I've heard, I I heard like all these stories about him and shit, and like he's crazy and, you know, he's an interesting character. And yeah, he didn't disappoint with him like the first 30 minutes. Well, he kept kept things interesting. That's what it sounds like for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. A few more here. Um, So you've been now basically a full year in the grad assistant spot. And I know, like, in my four years, I observed the assistant coaches and their responsibilities and just how tough it is to be a coach in college in general and where yeah. you're pulled all the time. Um, have, you, have you, first of all, you learned anything different just being behind the scenes a little bit, uh, maybe something you didn't realize from before as a player? Uh, yeah, no doubt. I think just like the preparation the assistants uh, go through on a daily basis, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an everyday job. Like, um, just with their preparation in terms of how we, how we show the film, how we, um, what the practice plan looks like. All right. Who, what recruits we're going to look like, like that's that just seeing that, like you hear about it, but just seeing that is just such a t- total different point of, um, and get like the stories of why this kid went somewhere else. Like there's always stories about a kid and that those are always t- fun to hear. And obviously being mm-hmm. in the conversation, or in the room with Coach Holtman, kind of hearing uh, stories from his past, or you know why we had to um, release this guy, and so on and so forth. So, you know, and they and they've given me a lot of tasks as well. Like I, I cut up a lot of film um, from the previous games, and for 
you know, for our assistant coaches who are, who are, have their individuals come in and watch film. Like I cut those up and I do a lot of random, random edits for them. So that, that makes me learn the game more um, and break it down uh, to a different degree, which I, which I can appreciate. Now it's, it's overwhelming. Like (laughs) at times, like I, I used to, I used to love the weekends, man, but it, there's no weekends anymore. Like I live just yeah, one day after like another. I live for those weekends. And I remember there was, it was, and we were talking about, it was like four and a half months straight of coming into the, uh, like no exaggeration either, like going into the, the shot and see center, our, our arena um, every single day and just, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever it's either practice or, um, or just cutting up film, whatever it may be. So it never stops. And I pre like you have more of a, I think I have more appreciation for sure for how much time they, they really, they really carve out for um, the better of our program and no yeah. doubt. So, yeah, for sure. So seeing all of that, like, do you think you can envision a career like in coaching where you get more reward than, um, than the opposite. Like, do you think you can have fun doing that? Because I, I mean, some people can, some people can't. Like, everybody's different. Yeah, that's, um, good. that's a great it's not. It's just not easy. I just reiterate to people, it is not easy. Um, but if, you're, if you are wired like that, like, people can enjoy it. I mean, how are you with that? In yeah, no doubt. Um, I think I would do it. I think everyone, you know, has a different aspect for it. Like, they wouldn't be in it. I don't – like, our coaches love it. Like, but they all – are different human beings. Like they all operate differently. Like I think I would enjoy it and embrace it. Like, I don't know if I would, I would, I just guess I'm maybe bad, but I don't think it be um, overworked. I, I think like I, I can, you know, do my, do my hours and get out of the office. Like I want to be productive when I'm in there, but it doesn't need to be from nine to nine. You know what I'm saying? So um, like I have an appreciation for it and everyone does like think it's, it might be an on tv and that's all you see like there's obviously the behind the scenes stuff is where it's really made um and the, with you know the edits the film the practices and so on and so forth the traveling and whatever so um you know i think i would carve out an appreciation for it and i do have an appreciation for it but like the more you are involved the more um you embrace it the more you appreciate it, the more you want of it it's like for instance i i was I was probably limited with what I was doing in the beginning of the year to what it is now. Mm-hmm. And like after wins, you don't feel like the same as a player who just played 30 minutes and had, you know, 20 points. Right. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel that way at all. Um, like I didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't like it bothered me if we lost, but it didn't, it didn't like eat me alive. Like it did when I was a player. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of where I want to get to like, cause you know, I've been around this game my whole life and I just want to have that same, kind of passion that I, I did as a player, as a coach. So, um, and, and that started to build up as the season progressed when I started to find my niche and uh, get used to what the, uh, what the coaches wanted me to do on a daily basis. So Yeah, it makes total sense. You know yeah, once you get so, ingrained in it, yeah, that makes yes, a lot of sense. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. So. And we've talked about oh, this yeah. before, um, and I thought it was really interesting, but I think people will be interested in hearing it. Like, what is one thing you would take away or that you do take away or that you think of when you think of Beeline and Holtman? You said they're a little different in their approaches. Yeah. Um, but you can obviously learn from everyone, and they're both great coaches. So what, what, what would be one thing that kind of sticks out to you? Yeah, I think Coach Beeline, he, he micromanages everything. He's so mm-hmm. detail-oriented with 
you know, just the fundamentals, like the fundamentals are huge. You, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you were doing five-star passing or landing oh, yeah. on two and, you know, Pivots. pivoting with the, oh, yeah. yes, pancakes and waffles. If they still called them, <laughs> you know, like he had, he had the name, he had breakfast food as a pivot. Like I, <laughs> I tell our coaches that all the time. Like, what, like, I, I don't know what's going through his mind when he just makes this stuff up, but I love it. Like I still yeah. I remember that stuff. You know what I mean? So For sure. He, he, he micromanages everything and he's just so detail oriented. And, you know, we, the film we watched was, oh man, it was, it was overwhelming how much film we watched, but <laughs> sometimes, but you know what? I actually, and I was a scout team player. Like we watch, I, you guys watch practice, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, we don't really watch pr- practice of ourselves. So like being there, like, and just getting to bust the, uh, the blue teams at like, that's what I live. Those are the film sessions you lift for. Oh yeah. Like it didn't make any sense why we were watching every single clip from every single practice, but you couldn't wait to watch yourself in film. Just, you know, <laughs> giving Derek Walton the business or something like that. For sure. Um, but you know, coach Holman, he, he, he's got the, uh, the psyche down in basketball. Like he, he knows what to say and when to say at all times. Like there, he has a great feel and pulse for his, for all of his teams and throughout the course of the year, like, you know, we were, for instance, we were struggling. We lost five in a row and obviously a tough uh, big 10 conference this year. And just like the things he would say to, you know, it's easy to get unmotivated at 18 to 19 to 20 year old kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he always, he always had a way with what to say and when to say it, whether that was in practice or in film sessions or just one-on-one Like he, he, he would bring in a lot of players one-on-one and just kind of talk to him saying, hey, what are you seeing out there? Like he would ask for help more than saying, hey, we need to do this, this, and that to make sure that we don't get beat by 20 again or something like that. Like he would ask, like, what do you guys see out there more than him giving instruction? So um, I think that's a sign of a great coach. I don't – it's not like he's – he doesn't feel superior to everyone. Now, obviously, he, he, controls the, he controls the vibes of the room and, you know, right. and talk, but in the sense of like – as a team aspect, like he, he asks questions all the time to his assistants, to his players. Um, and he's, he's not stubborn. Like he's not stubborn whatsoever at all in those areas. And I think that's what makes him um, such a great coach and why he's had success in the first two years at Ohio State when no one expected us to be um, for sure in the tournament at all. So, yeah, no, definitely. You know what I mean, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so, me. got to be the biggest reason you guys, quote unquote, overachieved. Uh, um, in his first year, I mean, you guys had the talent there. You know, every those some of those uh, predictions are a little ridiculous. I mean, we got predicted they are, in the same no way, doubt. but yeah, it's I mean, it's preseason stuff, and it's from slap reporters who've never seen a practice at all. But you, but you know what? That kind of that that's just bulletin board material. Like we we that oh, yeah, that's the it, best. and they didn't know the coming of Andrew Dockage either. They just saw a kid who played, you know, not a lick at Michigan. They didn't know what they were in for with when. He, when Andrew stepped on campus at Ohio State, <laughs> zero, zero, he's, zero. He's all, he's all backboard smacks and nothing else. No, they got it all wrong. I'm barely backboard smacks, baby. <laughs> I think I'm touching the little foam at the end, at below the backboard. But I appreciate that. <laughs> I want to talk a little more about um, your time playing, and just because I'll get into the uh, Twitter responses I got for this podcast, which sums up what we're about to end this uh, episode with. But okay. you got a lot of shit, right, for going to Ohio State. <laughs> and yes. 
a lot of it, you know, at times it can be easy to roll it right off your back and you kind of have fun with it. And, you know, people get empowered behind anonymous profiles and stuff. But was there a time where like it did affect you? I mean, I know it's easy to say no, but, you know, sometimes those things, we push them down, but they really do affect us. Yeah, there was actually, that's a great question. There was two instances uh, where it really affected me. It was in the beginning of the year when the season was going on. And it was when we lost to uh, Gonzaga in the second second round. So the first time was so I had to go back to on campus um, that fall. I think it was 2018, where I was already at Ohio State for like a month, mm. and we were getting recognized at a football game because we just we won the Big Ten tournament, uh, our, the Big Ten tournament the previous year. So they were recognizing our whole seniors team and that that whole team. And I just remember getting backlash from. Um, the fans in the big house going to Skeeps and Ricks that weekend <laughs> and just getting, just getting an earful of it. Uh, but, you God know, like, but, but the thing was, is like, it was just, it was fans. It wasn't like the people who I got close to, like everyone was sure. ec- ecstatic for me. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what I appreciated the most. And that did about, like, I just couldn't wait to, you know, prove them that I could like, I could actually play. Like, I'm not just a part of like the bench mob. Like I'm going to actually play meaningful minutes and win basketball games like that was my vision that was my goal so I had my head on straight with that aspect like I didn't let that get me down when I got down was when Jordan Poole hit that freaking shot against Houston right (laughs) after I just lost my last game to Gonzaga that's that is when people on Instagram people on Twitter everywhere just started ripping me just started like I'm a snake in the grass like they would if you go to my Instagram um comments like there's a handful of like hundred i'm telling you i'm talking hundreds of them just saying like snake in the grass like and like that's that's when i i i you know i started i started sipping the bottle by myself (laughs) and i'm like oh my god and and you know what what killed me is like you know my guys those are all my guys duncan mo obviously um Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to congratulate them and FaceTime saying, hey, man, keep going, keep going. When really I'm like, I, I wanted, I wanted to beat this. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I wanted to, I wanted to go far further than them in the tournament and everything. And when Jordan, like it was just, oh, it was just the tip of the iceberg when Jordan Poole hit that shot like two hours after I just lost my last, my final game. That was a bad, that was a bad two weeks. And I feel bad, like saying that but i mean it, it's just it's just human nature like oh I'm for a, sure it's a competitor you know, I'm a, yeah. yeah i'm a competitor and like i obviously want to do better than than they do like there's no there's no bad blood at all between michigan and myself or that's how i think i might be delusional but i i pretty i'm pretty sure i have a good relationship with those guys yeah um but just in that moment it's just like dang they really they 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 beat me you know yeah. that's, that just kind of that's the way to sum it up for you. Like they, they beat me. So uh, those were probably the two, two moments where I'm like, dang, did I really make the wrong decision here? Or I feel really bad. Like I, you know, I lost a lot of, I lost a lot of fans, not, not necessarily friends, but like I, I would say acquaintances more than anything Yeah. Um, throughout the, throughout the course of the year. So that was it's, probably the hardest part. It's funny me. when that goes away, you don't really think about it in the moment. Like, the fan support or like acquaintances like that. But when it goes away, you feel that hole just kind of sitting there and you're like, Oh, I didn't really appreciate that. Or I kind of maybe took it for granted, but it's so easy to do. Everyone does it. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, and that's kind of how it was um, for that year. It was and and like the weirdest part 
and I'm sure you may have talked to like Spike or Max and whatnot, but the weirdest part was going back there, but they didn't receive the same, um, <laughs> they didn't see, they didn't receive the same, uh, roar that I got. And that was a plethora of booze. Uh, right when I checked in, I've, I've said this to someone before. I've, I'll never put myself in the same sentence as LeBron James, but when I checked into the game and had the ball in my hands and the whole crowd is booing me, I felt like LeBron returning back to Cleveland with the Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> and, so, and it felt just as loud, and I wish I would have scored and dunked and had 34, but I had a big goose egg and did absolutely nothing that entire game. So they got the best of me there. So, uh, that happens, uh, but what yeah. sucks because you beat them the first game, right? Yeah, we were actually down, um, we were down 20 in the first half and cut it to 13 at, um, at halftime. And we just kind of, you know, we just fed off that, you know, we were on a 7 0 run to start like, uh, the end of the, excuse me, the end of the first half. And we kept the momentum going to the second half and won by like five. And I know that, and that, and that was, how about this, dude? That, that was, I'm not, I wasn't really big on social media anymore for obvious reasons because I'm mm-hmm. at Ohio State. And I, I post a picture of me screaming and Duncan's in the back, Charles Matthews in the back, and no comment. And I'm telling you, there's over, I've never, uh, there's over like 600 comments just oh, ripping my ass about my it all. Like, it, it, like we just won. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. And I just kind of like, I'm just kind of like saying, shove it. Uh, you know where. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, that's just kind of how I felt in that moment. You know what I mean? Oh my. So these people, I, they just need to like put their aggression somewhere, I guess. And I know. you were just the easy target. Yeah, I was an easy it's, target. It's I was unbelievable. A, but you know what? That's what I like. That's what makes. I think that's what makes sports great. Like the passion oh, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? So like there, like I understand if a guy transfers from Ohio State to Michigan, Michigan Ohio State goes from. Um, what, wherever in the NBA, like KD goes from OKC to, you know, the Warriors, like whatever it is, I think that's what makes sports great because they're passionate about it. That's what they love. And that's what they, you know, they want their team to do well. And they feel, they feel some type of way when one of their own transfers to the, the rival team. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's what drives all the sports. It's what yeah. drives all the money in, but there's, I always say there's like the fans, there's a separation there between, a team and a, then a human being when you're dealing with someone on social media as a human being and you just say some shit to them. Like, I understand why some of these NBA players are like starting to be fed up mm-hmm. with fans. It's like, all right, I am not the logo on my Jersey. Like when I, if you want to talk about team to team rivalry, like that's great. But then it's just, you know, when they, people come into your mentions and say snake in the grass, like, okay, part of it's funny. And part of it's like, all right, I'm kind of getting tired of this now. Like, right. this isn't, this doesn't feel good, even though I totally get it, uh, you know, but no, and I, a separation I, there. No doubt. And I think that's why, you know, not, it wasn't like social media wasn't big back when you were playing, but now, you know, mm-hmm. like people are coming out with uh, mental health issues left and right. And I think a oh, part yeah. of that is from, from social media, um, you know, with, with fans just criticizing them with blogs and so on and so forth. So, uh, it's a different, it's a different time period where, you know, like my dad never had to deal with Twitter. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of a part of, um, part of it. And you got to understand where they're coming from or, you know, it, it, it can be toxic now. It's, it's really toxic for players, especially today's day and age where all they want to do is see stuff about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Do you so, deal with uh, that? Do you guys, do you coaches talk about that and how to deal with it with players? Does it ever come yeah, up? Yeah, we do. Um, and it, it's been probably more so this year than any year, um, really, where there's, you know, there's bad things said about you after you go on a, a five-game losing streak, especially at a school like Ohio State, mm-hmm. um, where, it, you know, be, people get, you know, people start crying. You know what I mean? Like, people start yeah. crying when they see their name mentioned as, like, I don't know why we recruited this guy. Like, I'm obviously not being as vulgar as all, all the other tweets are out there. But, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of the world we live in and today. And I think, and obviously, social media gives people a platform to say whatever the hell they want. But it's just, you know, it, to an 18 to 22 year old kid, it's it's not a it's not a great feeling seeing your name kind of just thrown around um, in a bad way. So, no, it's not. I remember we had training, like social media training, yeah, about what not to say on the internet. But it, really, the biggest issues were like how to deal with things that were said about you. But that was never even a thought to them because. You know, they didn't experience it. I mean, the coaches weren't on social media. They weren't experiencing it. So it was just about protecting, like, the image. But it was like, okay, these players need to be protected from the other side as well, which gets bypassed a lot. But it it, gets, like yeah. you said, it's easy as an 18-year-old to get caught up in that. No no doubt. And that's, that's a good point. We, have, we do have a social media team. Like, t- was Y-Rod doing it for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but we brought in, like, somebody else to talk to us about what we posted on social media, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And, like, some guys got in trouble for it oh, uh, right wow. then and there. Like, surprise attack, basically. It was hilarious. Yeah, we – that's – actually, that's funny. We did that – we had, like, a presentation of some of our players tweeting, like, things that they need to go back and delete. Like, that's kind of how it was for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you're, you know, you're representing, your, you're representing the school and the institution, and they don't want um, – that to be used against you in any circumstance. Sure. You, you see it all the time. Like, I think people, like, I mean, there's, they hire people to go back and search, like, Baker Mayfield's tweets or, like, you know, oh, yeah. but, like, what they said in back in 2013. It's incredible now. Like, they hire people just to do that sort of research now. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. It's, it's nuts for sure. Yeah, you definitely Especially, have to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, you do. There's one funny story I just remembered from all this. You'll really appreciate it. So we had that meeting, right? We got ambushed by this outside hired team that came in and like combed through our social media accounts. Yeah. And one of them was uh, a Novak, like a repost from Facebook when um, Saddam Hussein got captured. And like, remember that picture and he was in his underwear? Yes. And it said uh, like something about Saddam smuggling the weapons of mass destruction in his pants. (laughs) <laughs> and Novak like put it out there and it came up and it was like Zach, it like came up on a big screen right like a presentation yeah. and Zach Novak's name above it and everyone starts laughing and they're like okay yeah this isn't like the worst but it's not you know probably not good to put it out there on social media and he's like I don't know man I think it's funny like <laughs> like in his Zach voice and it was like he's like I don't get it I think it's pretty funny I don't see how it hurts anyone <laughs> and we all kind of were like yeah Brad's probably fine <laughs> I love um, it. Zach, Zach had no filters at all. <laughs> no, yeah, like, he was he, another guy who could really tell it like it is. Okay, so, funny. all right, so last question. Your dad obviously played for Bobby Knight and was influenced by Bobby Knight. Um, how Have you talked to your dad about, like, today's coaching and what he thinks with, with that whole era, with his era compared to today's era? And, like, I know he's got uh, – uh, I've listened to him a bunch on the radio, and he's got you know issues with today's game and stuff like that, which I always love to listen to. 
Um, but have you talked to him about like the coaching and stuff? And is he giving you advice on anything? Uh, he's, he's not from what we've been kind of saying about today's day and age. Like he understands that you, you have to coach them a certain way and you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to be careful with what you say now. Like if you're in a meeting, like, like guys are recording you now, like, like guys are just to get you to say something bad. Like, I think there was an instance, um, of that happening a few, few months back, like trying to get their coach in trouble. So, um, he just says, you, you know, you got to be careful with what you say and how you say it. Um, and you got to have a great feel for your team. And I think like, that's his kind of his message always been like, he was, a he may not admit, he may not admit this, but he was, he was Bobby Knight esque, not in terms of like getting physical with you or whatever, like hurt you. Like he was just mm-hmm. like, that's how he coached. Like he demanded so much. And you know what? Like he, like what great was great with him is, all of his former – he talks to so many of his former players, what I can, which I can appreciate. Like, I think that's – That's cool. You know what I mean? So, like, like that is, like, the p- impact, like, I would want to make. Like, it's not – obviously, you get paid on wins and losses. But if you don't make some kind of impact where your, coach, where your players are talking to you uh, 10 to 20 years down the line, then it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel successful to me at all. It doesn't – I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that approach. Yeah. yeah so, um, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of the approach he took and he got out from it. Like when guys would transfer because he was too hard on it, like I can't tell you how many emails or phone calls he's gotten of saying, man, I made the wrong mistake. Like I, I it, it, it was a sign of him caring more than anything. Right. You know, like if he, if he didn't, if he wasn't so harsh on you, then that means he stopped caring about you. And that, that like, that's the first order of business. So, um, that's kind of what I've taken away. Um, just kind of having numerous conversations um, about the game of basketball with him for sure. So, what's your favorite IU story from him? Uh, they're they're always just so vague. Like obviously, the, I'm I, sure. <laughs> I like um, if I have a good one, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he he was sick before he guarded Jordan. He was throwing up the night before. I, I you may have heard that. You may have not. No, I have not heard that part. Yeah, no. so he he was told that he was guarding Jordan, uh, and he he couldn't come out of the bathroom. <laughs> like Holy after he was shit. told, like he was starting and guarding Jordan, um, like he couldn't come out of the bathroom and was throwing up uh, right before the game, uh, like twenty minutes, ten minutes, like a, a bunch. Damn. Of, yeah, yeah, he was a. He was a mess in that aspect, and you know he. We always talk about that game, like Jordan fouled out that game. Like he he he's solely famous because of that game, but Jordan fouled out that game, and he missed some shots. So you give him shit for that? Oh, like all the time. I'm not giving him credit because a guy fouled out and just couldn't hit a jump shot that like you had no effect on at all. Some kind some days guys just can't can't hit a shot. <laughs> so that that's kind of the crap I always give to him when I because I've seen the game a couple times. Um, but no, it's funny to joke around with him and kind of hear, um, I'm surprised he hasn't shown it to you. Like, uh, like Hoosiers. I mean, you and me both have seen Hoosiers way too many times. We can count. I'm, I'm surprised he's not putting it on like family tradition style. Yeah. He, he, he believe it or not, he, he's not that egotistical about himself. No, he he doesn't come... seem like it. Like I've always seen them talk about it and he's never been the guy to like live in the past with it. But some right. people oh, just always associate him with that. 
like no like he like he does live in that past in one game. It's like okay, no, no, he doesn't. Just relax. No, no, not at all. Uh, that's and that's exactly how he is. He doesn't live in, and, and it's easy. I mean, you're from Indiana, and like a lot of players live in the past now. Who talk? Oh, because you just there's like so many like myths and it's like lore. It just like surrounds you and it, and it like carries through the the decades. Like it's hard exactly. not to get caught up in it all the it's time. Not. I mean, it's not, I mean, remember that stuff. No doubt. And they think, I mean, it was the best time of your life where like, you know, you're never going to have 18 to 19,000 people watching you every never. single night. And then on TV, millions of people watch like that only happens in college. It's, it's incredible. So yeah. it, it, it is hard to just let go for sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for sure. But well, I appreciate it, man. I really yeah, appreciate you doing the, absolutely. the interview and it was, it was really good. So yeah, appreciate you having me on.